Hey there, and welcome to episode 39 of Eyes Free Sports. As usual, this is Greg Lindbergh here, your host with you. Here on episode 39, we are taking a trip to the Chicago, Illinois area here in the U.S., and we are discussing an organization that provides both skiing and snowboarding opportunities to the blind and visually impaired. So let's hit the slopes for episode 39. All right, so my guest on this episode of Eyes Free Sports is Richard Thompson. And Richard is the vice president of the American Blind Skiing Foundation. Richard, welcome to Eyes Free Sports. Hi, thank you for having me. Definitely. This is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I know we have talked a little a little bit about uh, blind skiing on some previous episodes, but uh, definitely anxious to learn about uh, your background and ABSF just as an organization in general. Definitely. Yeah, I'm happy to share it. Awesome. All righty. So let's uh, just go ahead and kick off uh, the podcast here. Just a little a back, a little bit of background about yourself. Just talk to me about where you were born, where you're from, your early years. I was actually born in Washington State, and I only lived there for until I was like one. Um, and then my family ended up moving to uh, Illinois. And I've always been visually impaired. I was born with uh, retinitis pigmentosa. And so I've kind of always had this eye disease with me. And luckily though, I was able to maintain a decent amount of vision. Um, so I just have no peripherals, but I have central vision. And of course, I'm sure a lot of people who listen and who are visually impaired know I'm um, growing up visually impaired is like, is very different, but at the same time, a lot similar, I guess. Um, Cause I did a lot of, I was a very active kid. I did a lot of sports. Yep. Um, wrestling yeah and uh like football growing up and i just kind of tried to you know i've always been an adventurous person so i've always kind of tried to do everything that everyone else did and, and kind of be active like everyone else is so yeah that's that's basically how i grew up you know even even as far as riding bikes even though my parents weren't too happy about that <laughs> <laughs> but um it was a good time and i think uh i kind of needed that to become the person I am today, like, you know, let myself learn and, and kind of make little mistakes and know my limitations. Um, and it, it helped me kind of learn myself really well. And also, you know, I got awesome opportunities out of it. And now I'm, I'm part of the American Blind Skiing Foundation. So if I, I don't think if I had went out and done that stuff, I would have found out about this organization. Exactly. It's all about connections and networking, right? Definitely. And then it sounds, uh, it sounds like your parents then, you know, encouraged you and kind of let you hang out with, you know, fully sighted kids. Is that pretty accurate? Yeah. Yeah. So I did, um, when I was growing up, I, I did attend a sports camp for blind and visually impaired people, um, every summer. And that was good to be able to interact with other people like, like myself, um, who have a visual impairment and that was nice, but also my parents did um, allow me to basically be a normal kid. So I did, like you said, go out and hang out with everyone else and, and really like, like I said, at times push it and push my limits, but, right. um, but it was, it was also really great because I, I kind of was able to have the experiences that other people did as much as I could, you know? Uh, but I, I, I really like thank them for that because, 
like I said, without them allowing me to do that, I wouldn't have even tried skiing or I wouldn't have done, you know, football, which was, was very interesting for a visually impaired person, but it was cool that I like at least got to try it, you know, for sure. Yeah. And as far as football, what, uh, what positions did you play? So I, I played uh, center. Um, so I got to snap the football to the quarterback. And then also um, I played defensive tackle and it was base. It was, it was nice. Cause you know, it was just everything straight ahead of me. You know, I didn't right. have to, to worry too much about, you know, all the other stuff that was going on. I just had to focus on one specific thing. And that's why I was able to do it. Cause like I said, I can see pr- pretty well in the center um, and I have no peripherals. So I was able to do that decently well, but uh, actually after football is when I really got into um, the wrestling and I, I stuck with wrestling for, for a very long time, actually. Hmm. Interesting. I know I've read about, you know, many blind wrestlers out there and just kind of how tactile that type of sport is and kind of lends itself, you know, pretty well to, to someone yeah. who's visually impaired. Definitely. Yeah. We actually used to um, do drills in wrestling where the, um, the other wrestlers would end up like blindfolding themselves or closing them up, closing their eyes. So they have like a little bit more body awareness and things like that. Cause it, it kind of helps with, with a contact sport like that, where you really have to be technical about where your body is and things. Exactly. Good point. And then uh, just to kind of go back to your, your visual impairment, I know you mentioned RP retinitis pigmentosa. Mm-hmm. And uh, so can you read like large print? Do you use magnification? How do you kind of describe your vision? And then what kind of tools do you use? I don't use any sort of magnification or large print because of the lack of peripherals or side vision. So like blowing things up kind of makes it more difficult to read because I can only see, you know, part of a word at a time. So gotcha. uh, if I make it bigger, then I'll see even less, you know? <laughs> True. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I do. I think a lot of the tools that I use are um, like audio things like on the computer. So I'll have, I have a program that um, will read things for me. So like for school and stuff, I'll have it read documents or I'll get like a digital version of the book and have it read a portion of the book or the chapters that I need and things like that. And those, that's like the main things technology wise, everything else is, um, is pretty normal. The other tools that I would use would be a cane, uh, once in a while. Um, like a lot of times, you know, when I'm out in public, it's good. It's always good to have what's, you know, let people know that I'm visually impaired, even though I like to think that I can see well enough, but, uh, <laughs> sure. I definitely, I definitely know that I need it or else I'll be bouncing around into people. Exactly. Um, yep. But yeah, those, those are the main tools that I, that I use. Gotcha. Cool. And then talk to me about, uh, your education. I went to a high school called Grays Lake North high school and I wrestled there for four years. And then, um, when I graduated from there, I actually went to a private um, liberal arts school called Knox College in Galesburg, Illinois. Hmm. Um, and I've actually got to wrestle there for uh, a year and a half. Oh, wow. Very cool. And um, Yeah, that was really fun. And then I ended up uh, actually transferring out of there into um, the College of Lake County. So a college near me, a community college near me. Gotcha. And then do you still go there or what's your current status? 
Yeah, yeah, I still go to I still go to College Lake County. Nice. And what are you studying? I am working on studying international relations um, with a hopefully a minor in Spanish. Oh, nice. Very interesting. Yeah, political science has, has always been really interesting to me and hopefully be able to do something cool with it, you know? Definitely. Any specific ideas in mind as far as career? Or... I would really like, I know a lot of people say this, but I would really like to do something that I guess would make a difference. Um, when I was younger, I always wanted to be a cop, um, but obviously <laughs> I can't do that because I can't drive or anything. Right. Um, but something, I always wanted to do something that wasn't, you know, just behind a desk, but, or if it was that I would be making a difference in the world or, or helping people in some sort of way. And so I think with international relations, it would be cool to do something with, you know, the government in some way help either, you know, our people or, or the world in some, some way make a difference. Exactly. There's definitely a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of challenges out there. So we could use, you know, people like you for sure. And I understand you do uh, some web design, web development, uh, social media marketing. Talk to me about talk to me about how you got into that. Yeah. So um, it, it a lot of it actually started uh, with uh, ABSF. I, I noticed that they needed a new website, and it was it was just really outdated and stuff. And I was like, well, I could do this. I, I just kind of ended up like learning how to do it as I went along. And as I kept doing it, I just got better and better and, and taught myself little tips and tricks on how to do things. Um, and it just kind of expanded from there. I knew um, I'd have always, you know, had social media accounts and stuff as well. And so I knew like the ins and outs of all of them and, and, and how to manage all of that. So I ended up kind of just diving in and started managing their social media accounts and then redid their website um, and built it up kind of from scratch into something completely new, which what it, which is what it is now. And then from there, I just kind of ended up being able to do that kind of as uh, like a side job and helping um, other uh, groups and other small businesses be able to get their information online and get their business out there and, you know, kind of make sure that everything's correct. You know, like when you Google a business, you want people to be able to find your phone number and your hours and all that stuff. So, right. And then I know, so you did mention, uh, you know, having gone to some camps, uh, for visually impaired kids, I guess, back in the day. Mm -hmm. And then as far as skiing, talk to me about when you first went skiing and then we can get into how you found out about ABSF and, just your, your relationship there. Yeah. So, uh, when I first, I think I was probably, I think I was like five years old. Um, <laughs> and one day my dad, he, he was always like a big skier. Um, he's from out West in like California and he skied in the mountains over there in that area. And, uh, when I was younger, I, like I said, I was trying a lot of different sports and things like that. And, uh, he was like, Oh, you want to go skiing one day? And, you know, I was like, of course me being the little kid that wants to try everything. I was like, yeah, let's go. So right. they, he ended up taking me out. And, um, I think we went to some small local hill and, uh, this is actually how I learned about ABSF too, is, um, the first time I went skiing, he took me to, um, an American blind skiing foundation event. Hmm. And, uh, they kind of took my, my little five or 
my little five-year-old self in and like put me on skis and um <laughs> had two guides with me and they just sat there all day and like on the bunny hill and just taught me how to ski and it was really great honestly as soon as i started you know getting that first feeling of gliding and like you know not feeling like i was a little more in control of my skis um it I just kind of fell in love with it. You know, it was, it was an amazing feeling. That's awesome. So you really knew like, this is something you want to do long-term. Yeah, definitely. Nice. And then, uh, let's see. So as far as the American blind skiing foundation, just talk to me about the, the history of the organization I was reading. I think it started in like the early seventies, right? Yeah, correct. Um, so yeah, ABSF was, uh, started, uh, I believe in, in 1973, it was originally started, I want to say by some people who were involved in like Paralympic sports and things like that. Hmm. And, um, and they were obviously all like, like avid skiers as well and things like that. And so they wanted to start a, an organization that would allow blind and visually impaired people to, to participate in, um, this awesome sport. Um, I'm sorry. It was actually started and it was actually founded in 1971. Gotcha. No problem. But yeah, so it was, um, it was founded in 1971, um, in Illinois and basically with just the same purpose that it has today is just kind of getting, like I said, getting blind and visually impaired people, the ability to go out there and ski in like a safe environment with people who are, are trained guides and, and will be able to, you know, kind of guide them and protect them in a way that like, you know, maybe just not like a friend or family member would be able to do as well, you know, yeah. um, because they've gone through kind of specific trainings and, um, you know, throughout the years, it's kind of, uh, been tweaked and we've learned like the best ways on how to, you know, get people on and off chairlifts. Um, and, uh, you know, in, in situations where people need to like, stop suddenly or the best way to guide someone when you're moving and things like that. And, and it can be different also, you know, for people who have different visual impairments. So it's, it's kind of complicated and it is a big task that ABSF ended up taking on, but um, throughout the years, they've done a very, very good job with it. And it's awesome because not only do they, you know, give, visually impaired people, the ability to ski, but they'll also, you know, teach them how to ski and teach them how to ski in a safe way with them and their guides. Um, so yeah, it's a really great, really great organization. Nice. And it sounds like you guys are open to, you know, people of all ages and as far as visual impairment, I would imagine, you know, from someone who has some vision to the totally blind as well. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of people, are kind of like, you know, how does a completely blind person ski and, and things like that? But um, actually some of them ski better than me. So um, very well, actually. Um, but yeah, if you want, I can get into a little bit um, of how that actually works. Um, yeah, definitely. As far as the adaptations. And I know I did uh, have someone from Ski for Light on here at one point. And, mm -hmm. you know, so I am aware of some of the the techniques and everything, but I'm definitely curious how you guys approach that and how the guides, you know, what their role is. Yeah. So, um, basically the process kind of starts where, um, it will have like a trip leader who's in charge of each event and things like that. And, 
um, generally, you know, we kind of know this gears or, or, um, even if they're a new one, we, we tend to try and pair the guides up with the skiers, you know, so they kind of match each other's like performance wise. And like, if someone needs a little bit more help or like needs to be taught some things, you know, we have some people who are, um, ski instructors and things like that, that can help out with the specifics of that. Um, but once the guide and the skier are paired up, then the guide will meet with them and they'll discuss their visual impairment and ask questions on how much they can see and what their limitations are and things like that. And then uh, what, what ends up happening is the, the way ABSF does it is most guides will um, uh, ski behind the visually impaired skier um, hmm. pretty decently close and the skier will just listen for commands from the guide. So, you know, they'll, go left turn, right turn, um, you know, as we're going down the mountain um, to try and guide them around things and, and control their speed and things like that. And then, of course, you know, getting on and off the chairlift, you know, grabbing onto um, poles to help, you know, guide them through the lift line and things like that. And then doing things like a three, two, one sit and, you know, telling them when to sit down on the, on the lift itself. And then um, also same getting off the lift. So there's a lot that goes into that, but, uh, myself, actually, I like to be guided from, uh, from the front because I have some vision. I like to follow my guides. And, um, Interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of different. Um, but it is a little more difficult for the guide though, because they do have to, you know, while they ski, look back and check on me, but what ABSF does um, is if it's crowded and things like that, um, or if they just, you know, have a free guide, they like to always kind of put like a blocker behind me. Hmm. Um, mostly for like, you know, just in case, you know, another person comes skiing up and gets too close or something, or tries to, you know, cut in between me and the guide. So yeah, they really kind of, it's really nice. Cause they really kind of think about every little thing that, you know, that you need to think about to kind of keep it safe and fun for everyone. Exactly. That's awesome. And so it sounds like uh, you guys do both downhill and cross-country skiing? Yeah. Um, so I'm not sure if we've done cross-country skiing recently. Um, I would have to look into that. I don't think that that's been a thing um, recently, but we've done um, mostly downhill skiing. And, and what we do is we traveled kind of to all the local ski hills around here and uh we have trips you know every weekend to like the local ski hills and then sometimes we'll have um like weekend long trips where we'll go stay like in a hotel for like two days or something like that and um you know absf will kind of subsidize the cost and, and bus everyone out there and um you know spend two days getting getting to ski on these other ski hills like in um i believe there's one we go up in upper wisconsin uh, like devil's head and things like that hmm. um and then on top of that uh usually every year uh this year was a little different but uh yep. we we go um we go out west usually every year to like a um one of the larger mountains like uh i think we went for my first time i think we went to copperhead um, in Colorado or Copper Mountain, sorry, in Colorado. And, um, and, uh, the year after that, we went to Lake Tahoe 
So um, it's really cool that, you know, we get to go out West and, and see these mountains and ski them in a safe way with ABSF. But then also on top of that, like what's also so great about ABSF is um, they help cover a lot of the costs of that um, hmm, and, that's, and make yeah, it, that's awesome. Yeah. Make it more affordable. Even, even just with, um, you know, the local Hills and things, you know, the guides will ski for free and the, the skiers will ski at a, a little bit of a discount. Um, and, and so it's great to not only be able to ski, but then be able to, you know, ha- be able to afford, you know, something like that, especially like a big trip, like going out West. Um, it's amazing that they, they give us this opportunity. Very cool. That's, that's really cool. Just obviously travel can get so expensive, you know, transportation, lodging. Definitely. So it's, it's really great to hear that you guys do, you know, offer that support. And then I think I was reading that you guys have done snowboarding as well, right? Yeah, we do do snowboarding. Um, actually, one of our guides um, is a skier and a snowboarder. So um, he'll take, you know, if a, if a, a blind or visually impaired person really wants to snowboard, he can take them out and kind of teach them a little bit on how to do it and everything like that. And then we'll be able to guide them from there because obviously it's a, it's a little different um, than Yo. it would be. Um, I think it'd be difficult for a person on skis to guide someone on a snowboard. So yeah, he, he does a really good job with that. And, um, I'm still trying to, he keeps trying to get me to go out on a snowboard. So I got to do that this coming up here and, and try it out and let you know how it is. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. So it sounds like as far as the adaptations of snowboarding, um, would be pretty similar, you know, kind of the, the verbal directions and everything. Yeah, correct. Yep. And then um, the, he would just kind of just like the skiing snowboard very close to him and yell out these commands, you know, left turn, right turn. They like to point out things too, um, especially to me when I'm, when I'm going, cause I can see a little bit, they'll, you know, say, watch out for that person or person down, you know, or they'll point to them. Um, right. And then even sometimes, um, you know, when we come to a bottom of a hill, like they'll do, they'll raise their hands up and their poles up and to show that they're, they're stopping or slowing down. Um, it's the little things like that, that kind of help make it so smooth, run so smoothly, you know, when we go down the hill. Exactly. Yep. And just a little more on the, the guides. Um, I would imagine some guides might be more comfortable guiding someone, you know, who has a little vision versus someone who's totally blind. I mean, would you say there's kind of some, some variety in terms of the backgrounds and just comfortable, comfortability level of the guides oh yeah definitely um so i think um a lot of the guides uh are all trained the same and and all know the same things but i think you know just like anyone some of them feel you know more comfortable with their not only their skiing ability but their their guiding ability or knowing um you know about visual impairments because some you know we do get new guides so Um, they're a little bit nervous at first and we always, when we train the guides, you know, we always make sure that like, if they're going to guide someone that they come out and they shadow and they watch how guides do it with a variety of different skiers who have, you know, a variety of different, you know, visual impairments or blindness. And, um, I think through that, they, they pick up a lot, learn a lot on what it takes for each person. And then, um, after they do that for a little while, then they get to go out and, um, try guiding themselves. And, um, like I said, so each 
trip leader each event will kind of pair the guides up with the skiers, you know, based on their skill level and things like that. Um, just so we don't put, you know, let's say a skier that skis very fast with someone, you know, that doesn't, a guy that doesn't like to go very fast, um, which is, we, we try to pair people up, you know, properly and things like that and make sure that the, not only the guide, but that the skier feels comfortable with who they're being guided by. Um, cause it's very important that you guys have that trust and that communication and, and be confident, not only in yourself, but in within one another, you know, to, to be able to, to do something like this. Absolutely. For sure. And then it does sound like ABSF will provide training. You know, if, if a guide is interested in joining the organization, being a guide Mm -hmm. that you guys will kind of give them some pointers as well in terms of how to, to go about it. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So every, every year we do a guide clinic and, um, we, have uh, a bunch of people come out and even we have new guides and returning guides that come there. And um, even some people from other organizations that want to sit in and see how we do it and all that. And um, we have a, a big long classroom training. So we talk in detail about all the complicated things on how all of this works, how you should get on and off the lift. Like I explained a little bit earlier, hmm. um, how you, um, you know, guide people through the lift lines, um, you know, even small things like taking breaks, you know, for lunch and things like that. Like, you know, where to put your skis, where to line everything up and walking the skiers in and out of the lodge and all of that. So it's a, um, it's a kind of big, you know, I'm complicated sort of thing, but it's, it's really cool because then after we go through the whole classroom thing, then, um, uh, they actually do an on-hill training with the guides and kind of let them train each other and, and, and practice like they would with an actual visually impaired skier, but with each other. Um, I see. Very yeah. cool. And as far as, uh, you know, a trip or an event that you guys would hold, uh, how many visually impaired and blind skiers would you have for an event normally? So for, um, I want to say probably for like an average kind of local trip, uh, it really depends on like, you know, the day and the year. And especially with this year, I think turnout wasn't great because of, um, everything with the pandemic, but, um, usually I would say, uh, probably like seven or eight, uh, blind and visually impaired skiers. And then, um, maybe, you know, we'll have like 10 guides, Um, but it really depends, you know, sometimes there'll be, there's, you know, families that come out too, as well with their, with their visually impaired children and they'll come ski for a day because we do offer, um, friends and family tickets and things like that. So they'll come and hang out and ski with us. And, you know, so we'll have a pretty large group sometimes. Nice. And do you have any, uh, favorite stories, any favorite memories, you know, of, of skiing with ABSF, anything that you want to mention or that comes to mind? Uh, like I said, honestly, as people who ski know, you know, it's, it's such an amazing feeling once you get, you know, gliding down the hill and you feel the wind on you and it's, you know, it's kind of freeing, you know, it's, it's a really cool feeling and it's awesome that ABSF gives us that opportunity to do that. But, um, yeah, in terms of like, in, in terms of memories, I think there's a lot uh, that comes to mind because, uh, for, I think I want to say for the good number of years in the in beginning of my time with ABSF, um, 
not what I was learning to ski, but when I first um, got into skiing more on my own and stuff, uh, my dad was actually my guide. So that was, oh, wow. that was interesting for a while. And um, <laughs> there's one thing that comes to mind when I was younger, we were getting on a lift and I remember being like, Oh, are you sure this is a, are you sure this is a green? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it's totally a green. And I was like, this lift looks different. And he's like, no, nope, it's a green. And then we get to the top and my skis are hanging off the edge of the mountain. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is not a green. <laughs> but, uh, um, it ended up being all right. I think, um, I think he did that. So I wouldn't psych myself out and scare myself too much and overthink it, you know? Exactly. Um, and I ended up getting down the hill completely fine, but <laughs> I was just yeah. shocked when I got to the top. I was like, oh gosh, this is not a green. <laughs> yep, yep. And just talk to me about the camaraderie of the skiers, uh, you know, friends you've made, connections you've made uh, by being a part of this organization. Yeah, so um, I've met a lot of awesome, wonderful people. Um, and kind of from all over, you know, a lot of the guides and things like that are, are wonderful, great people um, and, and donate so much of their time and their hard work and their money and, and things like that in effort to really keep this organization alive and allow these people, um, allow visually impaired people to be able to do this. And um, that's why I ended up joining the board because I wanted to help um, give back to, you know, this organization that's kind of given me so many years of, of awesome skiing and things like that. And, you know, you, when you're on a bus, you know, for a few hours and things like that, traveling out West to one of the mountains and stuff, you get to know people pretty well and um, make a lot of good friends. I've made so many, so many friends from this organization. And that's why I ended up actually becoming uh, vice president too. So I could do more and, and assist more with, with all of this. And it's been just great, honestly. Nice. That's great to hear for sure. Um, as far as upcoming events, uh, you know, the rest of 2021, any specific events uh, you want to mention or point out? At this point right now, everything's kind of um, been weird again with the pandemic. Um, a lot of the stuff is, is on the back burner. Um, usually, uh, around this time, um, every year we'll be doing a fundraiser, like a, a pig roast fundraiser where we'll, um, you know, cook up a, a bunch of food and have raffles and, and, you know, or auctions or something like that. And, and, uh, have a bunch of people come out and be able to, um, just kind of listen to music and have food and meet a lot of the skiers and, and the guides and things like that and um, help raise money for the organization. Um, but I think at this, at this time, we don't really have a ton going on um, because the pandemic, we're still kind of uh, recovering from that and trying to see, you know, where this pandemic goes and the regulations on what we can and can't do and things like that. Um, but definitely this upcoming ski season, um, I'm hoping we'll be kind of back to normal and we'll be able to, you know, have our normal ski events and, you know, just the same number of them as we did in, in previous years. Um, cause we were really limited on, um, you know, the places that we could go and how many people could come and, and all of that. So, uh, I think really our next upcoming events aren't going to be until, until this upcoming ski season, but, please check out our website. Um, 
donate if you can. See if you'd like to come join us and ski one time if you're in the Chicago area. Feel free to reach out to us, um, contact us on our website or any of our social media. Gotcha. And if you want to give out the website and then how people can find you guys is on social media. Yeah, yeah. So um, where you can find us at um, www.absf.org. Um, and then on social media, it's just uh, the American blind at the American blind skiing foundation. Um, and we're on Facebook and Instagram. Cool. And I can definitely include links to all those uh, in the show notes for this podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much. Definitely. All right. Uh, well, again, we've been chatting with Richard Thompson, the vice president of the American blind skiing foundation. And, uh, Richard just wants to thank you so much for your time. Really appreciated uh, your time, your insight on ABSF. Definitely. Thank you so much for having me again. Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports podcast at facebook.com slash eyesfreesports and on Twitter at eyesfreesports.com.